0: Joshua chapter 6, I will be very brief, but with this new season, Rosh Hashanah that we're in, this new year, Rosh Hashanah, I said Rosh Hashanah, this new year we're in, I want to bring this into something for us that we can easily understand. I truly believe right now on the earth, God is opening the doorway for new things in our life. For dead things to truly be dead, and those things that need to be brought to life be living. One of the ways that we can stop or that we can kind of be stifled in our growth is always giving into opposition. Now, the enemy is always going to be opposing the move of God, okay? It's nothing new. He's always going to be opposing the move of God. He did it in the garden in Genesis, so there's no doubt he's going to do it in September 2020, all right? So with that being said, I'm going to briefly just explain and equip you on how we can get over opposition in our life on a daily basis when it presents itself. Because none of us, if Jesus, if Jesus faced opposition, temptation, and things like that, we're foolish to think we won't, okay? Joshua 6. Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. How amazing would that be? Like the enemy wants to try to stop access into the drug houses because of the children of God in orange. Like, Like, think about that for a second. Jericho was shut up. It was guarded. Walls were put around because of the children of Israel. This is why Jericho had walls. Not because they were trying to protect mighty treasure, but because they heard of this tribe that had a God that was victorious in every area. And because of that, they're like, well, we don't want to lose everything we have. So they build up these walls. The Lord says to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war, and you shall go around the city once. And then he goes and tells them exactly what they need to do. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets. But on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. Now it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, so fitting, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Now, Jericho had these walls set up because of the children of Israel. Now, this is a really cool thing upon studying it. Jericho was actually a defense city before the land of Canaan, before the promised land, okay? So think about it like this. Everybody, look at Jonathan back there. There's Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Jonathan is the promised land. And you guys in this section, you're Jericho. You're the defense city to stop the forward motion into the promised land. So this Jericho can be seen as opposition before the promised land. See, so before the promises of God in your life, before the things that the Lord has has spoken into your life, the things we see in the word of God, there's going to be this defense city that's going to be set up that the enemy does not want you to cross to get into the promise. Anybody following me here on this? The walls were designed to eliminate coming into the promise. So I, I love it because God prophesies. God begins to speak over, Jericho, over Joshua exactly what he's going to have. He tells him, I've given you Jericho. It's king and the mighty men of valor. I've given you this. But it wasn't just the opposition to be focused on. Really what it was, was the promised land. It was Canaan, right? And Joshua 1, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. God's speaking to Joshua the Israelites across the Jordan and into the land that I'm giving them. The land that's being given to them is the land of Canaan, the promised land. So he says, Moses, my servant's dead, but therefore the time has come for you, Joshua, to lead the people across the Jordan into the land that I'm giving you. Notice in this thing, God did not say, oh, by the way, there's going to be a city set up that you're going to have to go through to get to it. You see, because God is so good. So what he does is he prophesies your end because he wants you to begin to know and understand that you're already finished and done. And when we get your mind on what God has called you into and you don't deter from it, you know, man, in the end we win. So every area of of battle or opposition is just an opportunity for more victory. You see, that's why he doesn't say, hey, Joshua, I've called you to to go into the promised land. But before that, there's going to be this great wall. I'll give you instructions on what to do before you get there. Doesn't even do that. He just immediately says, hey, there's a land that I've promised you that I'm going to bring you into. That's it. And the entire time, Joshua, because, you know, he trusts God, right? When he saw the land flowing with milk and honey, he didn't say we're grasshoppers in their sight. That wasn't his. That wasn't his report. His report is let's go. Let's go take this thing. And so Joshua always has, and what he shows us is this mind of victory, that any and all opposition really carries no weight because God's already prophesied your end. He's already prophesied the the end, the victory, the bride adorned in the greatest jewels. And so the entire time that we have here on life, every area of opposition, really what it is, is it's just a landmark that you're trending in the right direction. I love that uh, this is just a little side nugget. I love how the call to enter the promise wasn't attached to a man. Moses, my servant's dead, but I'm still calling you to finish what he started. It wasn't like, oh, Moses is gone. Okay, well, we'll do something else. There was still always this promise, and I see that because there's no contingencies upon the move of God on one man. He's not just going to pour it out with one person. It's going to be all this show here. This is something God's wanting to do with his people to bring us into the promise. Jesus. I love it. God is so good. The Bible says that the ark of the Lord encompassed the city walls. In Joshua 6, it says the ark of the Lord, they had him circle the city. They had it surround the city, walk around it. And this is what the Lord showed me in that. During those moments of opposition, you need to know what is covering or surrounding you. Like you need to begin to understand the devices of the enemy and what God is calling you to do in that moment. This is how opposition can be topple over every single time. Every time. Like, we never have to be faced with opposition and stay there for long periods of time. I don't think God has called us to wrestle with those types of things. It begins to slow down the destiny and the call of God. Thursday, we talked about on earth as it is in heaven. The reality of living on heaven on earth. The reality of your kingdom come, your will be done. That word, kingdom come and will be done, it means literally to be made manifest or to be brought to attention, to enter in, to be established. What we're asking is we're saying, Lord, we want to see the heavens established here in our city. And I believe much is the same. That's why opposition can begin to slow down. There's no opposition in the heavens, guys. If we're going to walk on earth as it is in heaven, we got to begin to know what heaven's doing. I gave him homework on Thursday night. I said, go read, go read your Bible and see what, what, what is heaven doing right now? What is heaven like? What's going on in heaven? Because the more that you get heaven in you, the more you'll reproduce. And then you can truly see on earth as it is in heaven. Well, in heaven, there's no opposition. Therefore, I think in our lives, when we're faced with it, now I'm not saying you're not going to be faced with it. Again, remember, Jesus was faced with opposition and temptation. We're not, when, but when we are faced with it, we know exactly what God's calling us to do that it's no focus on the opposition, but it's always on getting through to go to the promise. Amen? Jesus, you're good. I love these little cards. Oh, man, I forgot my Dallas Cowboy joke. Okay, rewind. Let's act like we just started the church service. Hey, today's a day of victory, unless you're a Cowboys fan. All right. Dang Lord. Man, I was on the drum set thinking about that. I was like, Jesus, what can I say about the Cowboys this morning? Hmm. Things me and the Lord talk about. <laughs> oh, God, you're so good. Is that on Facebook Live? Glory. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus, you're good. Joshua 21. This is at the very end of Joshua. This is kind of where I'm going to close out. There's so much more. But we'll, get, we'll dive into that later. Because I, I want you guys to be able to, God has done so much in the, in the area of the atmosphere of praise and worship, and I just want to quickly equip you with this. So at the beginning of Joshua, we see that the Lord has told him, I've given Jericho into your hand. That you're going you're to go through this city, the defenses, the walls are going to fall. And then at the very end of Joshua, in Joshua 21, it says, So the Lord gave, gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around, and according to all that he had sworn to their fathers... And not a man of all their enemies stood against them, and the Lord delivered them all. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Here's what I want you to grab. When you're faced with any and all opposition, when you're faced with walls that look too big for anything to be moved, when you're in a place where where you truly see God like, How am I going to get over this? Or how am I going to get through this? Or why does this always keep happening? Anybody ever been there, you know? Feel like you're going around the same mountain over and over and over. Been there. Been there. That's my wife. We've been there in those places. It's like, God, like, then you start to immediately like, like, Lord, what am I doing wrong? You know what I mean? Like, you start examining yourself. But really what it is is you just need to get in sync and co-labor with God's calling you to do. One thing I love about opposition and what we learn here in Joshua is that when we're faced with opposition... Really, what that is is that's that, oh, so good. It's the enemy prophesying into your life that all things God has said will come to pass. You see that? When there's opposition in your life, what the enemy has actually done is he's revealed his hand that all God has said that will come to pass in your life will come to pass. Like, we should be welcoming that type of opposition in our life. Why? Because we understand. That the Lord will give us rest and we will take possession of the land he's given us and dwelt in it. The promises that God has set over your life, you're going to not only take possession, but you will tabernacle with those promises. Think about it like this. God promised you the most beautiful big screen TV. And it's not outside your house. It's inside your home. It's tabernacling with you. It is there with you every day. The promises of God. When faced with opposition, it's not just for you to hold and take possession, but literally for you to dwell with the promises of God. How amazing that every single day you wake up dwelling with the things God has spoken and over your life. And a lot of this, guys, takes you marching forward. Notice when Joshua came up to the walls, he wasn't like, let's turn back or let's go that way and then take the long route. Because sometimes we can do that. And sometimes we respond to opposition incorrectly and it literally will begin to abort the promises and plans of God in our life. But if we face opposition head on, confrontationally, knowing what God has said, that's when we begin to see walls fall down with ease. Like, it's like physically and naturally impossible for walls as big as those were to fall down with a shout. These walls, I think... One time in a study, we heard you could like race chariots on top of like the thickness of these walls, which is wild, crazy, crazy. But Joshua, he he knew the promise of God and he knew what lied ahead. And so he didn't focus on the walls, but instead the promise. And guys, I prophesy this over to you, that the Lord will give you rest all around. And not an enemy will stand against you. And the Lord will deliver you from all your enemies. And not a single word will fail of any good thing that God has spoken over your life. And all will come to pass. During this season of our life, during these, these transitional moments, let's begin to examine our hearts. Let's begin to ask the Lord, Lord, is there any areas where I have allowed opposition to deter me or steer me away from the calling that you have on my life? Right? Like, we need that. We need that honest heart transformation and evaluation. We need to get alone with God and ask him, Lord, show me the areas of my heart where I have allowed opposition to stop or to block the promises or the word that you've called me into. Lord, show me any areas in my life where I've allowed opposition to withhold the tabernacling of your presence with me, right? Because sometimes we can have so much opposition that it starts getting hard to get in the prayer closet. Sometimes we can have so much opposition that it gets a little bit tough to turn the music on and just soak and talk with Jesus. You guys know what I'm talking about? Sometimes the opposition is even our own self. How critical we are over one another or ourselves, How the way we view ourselves, the lies we believe to the enemy, the way we see our value, our worth. Sometimes our greatest opposition is really just us. So be equipped, guys, in knowing, <laughs> actually, be encouraged and ecstatic and happy when opposition comes. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine when opposition of like, I'm going to use me and my wife for example. When we first got married, we were dealing with a lot of financial hardships. Um, a lot of, fi- like, we were, you know, it, we just weren't, it was just, there was a lot of crazy things happening at that time. One time, I'm going to be open with you guys one time we started saving money. We're like, yes, glory, hallelujah. And then I got pulled over and arrested for something that happened when I was like a kid as a pastor. I'm like, oh God. And the guy's like, I don't want to have to take you to jail. But yeah, I, like I literally went to jail for something that happened when I was like a kid. And he was like, it just popped up. But it was all God. It worked itself out. But I had to pay tickets, fines, court fees. that literally drained our savings. We're like, oh Lord. But God was good. and He was favorable in it. Why? Because got to minister to people in the jail cell. They're like, you're like a modern-day Paul. And I was like, well, I'm just going to tell you all about Jesus while I'm here. <laughs> Literally, I'm, just, I'm in this cell with, like, tons of guys, and they're just like, what are you in here for, man? I was like, something I did when I was 20. And they're like, really? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this is funny, but I'm a pastor. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, for real? And they uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a pastor. And then I just started talking to him about Jesus. And it was really cool. It was really, it was really awesome to be able to, like, I really felt like a, I was like, man, this is really cool, Jesus. But anyway, um, it wasn't just like prison ministry. It was like in prison mini- or in jail ministry, you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, um, but we were always faced with that sort of opposition over and over and over and over again. And it, it, we started to get to the point to where we just kept believing what God was going to do to where time that opposition came, we welcomed it. We started sowing like crazy. We didn't look we we didn't allow the bank account to 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 rule and reign. We just said, "God, every opposition where there could be money opposition, we're going to laugh. We're going to be joyful. We're going to sow, we're going to give, and we got through it." And God has blessed us even today. So, what if any area that the enemy has brought opposition in your life? What if when it comes, you said, "Yes, finally you're here." The enemy's like, oh, "Uh, what?" You know what I mean? Like, what? You're like, finally, opposition. Like, come before me. Come kneel to the King Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, welcome opposition. What what if when the opposition, the distractions, the heartache, these things came that are sometimes hard to deal with, what if we looked at them with joy and we laughed? And we said, we actually desire more opposition because the more opposition, the more Holy Spirit is glorified. The more Jesus gets his reward. So bring more opposition.